Okay, welcome to episode 56 of the United Pubcast. Now, immediately straight after the Wolves match, we're recording this. We decided last night, or late on Saturday night, we would not be setting the alarm for 4.30am. We would be very plastic fans and not set the alarm, and we decided to watch a match together later that day, or later the next day, sorry. Um, what a mistake that was, having to sit through that. Uh, mate, the highlight of the game was the pizza we ate. It was a good pizza. We've still got half of it left. Um, I haven't got through all of mine, but you absolutely demolished yours. Yeah, well, you know, at least the pizza had end products because United definitely didn't. I didn't think we even got to the stage to sort of get in any chance of an end product. I think one for for one or two crosses, but it was absolutely nothing. It, look, I think as boring as it was, it was a very tight, very tough game. I think the players coming off the field actually that was a hard game but watching it was just ugh. yeah there wasn't really a lot in the final thirds it was it all seemed to be quite in the middle of the pitch um it's a hard one because again like we say i don't want to sound repetitive so i'm very conscious of what i'm saying here but you know i want to say stop playing andreas um, you know, don't play him in a two with Fred because I was saying to you during the game, like I'd love to see a stat where those two start in midfield, and do we have we won a single game with them together? But unfortunately, just lack of options. Um, I think that was the thing when we yeah. were watching the match. Thing, everyone talks about squad depth, and we need to improve our depth, which one hundred percent correct. But you look at it, and it wasn't so much the players on the field; it was the players coming off the bench. You thought, okay, it's not quite been our day; it's not quite working. And you look at that 50, 60th minute mark. Think who's going to change it? Are you really going to rely on Greenwood to come on and change? And potentially he has the ability to come on and change things, but you can't rely on that. Mm. And the next option off the bench is Jesse Lingard and Delo in the last couple of minutes. And look, we'll get into what happened on the transfer deadline day and the transfer window as a whole. But I think the squad depth was the one that really sort of were sort of exposed today against the Wolves match. It was just yeah, definitely agree with you. Um, and and again. I, I, I think a lot of United fans, and fans in general, lose sight of the current moment. Don't forget, you are missing your highest goal scorer. Someone who scored 19, well, I'm going to say 20 goals, because I think the own goal was nonsense. Mm-hmm. You've got a 20, goal, tw- 20 goals um, out of Rashford, not in the team. Your best creative player, not in the team. McTominay, who's your best defensive midfielder, not in the team. When you put all that together, yeah, you're going to struggle. And you referred to the lack of depth we have, so I don't know what you really expect. It's probably the right result. Well, I think you almost look at it, you take away the team names, take away this global brand and the biggest club in the world, Man United, against Wolves, Man United should be beating them. However, if you just look on, on the grass, on the two teams, pretty similar. You, you look at their strikers, a striker you would probably all take, Jimenez. A lot of, the play, a lot of our fans would take Traore on the right. Connor Cody, a lot of, play, a, a lot of fans sorry, might take him over Lindelof, etc. Ruben Neves, a lot of our fans want Ruben Neves. There's an argument for Matinho even. They're pretty evenly matched. So a nil all draw at home. We've drawn twice with them um, this season, um, which you're obviously at the previous match um, at Molyneux Stadium. But it's evenly matched. So nil all, you can't really have too many complaints. It's probably expected. Maybe should have, maybe had enough to get the win at the end, that low chance. But it's obviously disappointing. You don't want to draw at home. But you think maybe it's where we are. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, the... What did you think of the substitutions? Because I, I was saying to you this, um, saying this too, sorry. Delo, I thought if you are going to bring him on, your common sense would be you play him on the right. He's, he's brought him on to almost like a left forward, which I thought was quite strange, really. I just, yeah, look, I didn't agree with the subs, especially those last two subs. However, it was almost just at the stage where 
whatever I would do, a lot of people would, would disagree as well because there's just no options there. Well, whatever you do doesn't make 100% sense. So doing something that, yeah, look, I completely don't agree with um, subbing Lingard for one matter and putting Delo on the left. However, if we did do the right things by Lingard and Delo, is it the right answer? Probably not. So no. it was just, look, I didn't agree with it, but I can't hold it against him. I was trying to make something happen, but... We're also, as much as I think we grew into the game that second half, and if there was one team that was going to win, it was probably us. However, the more we were going forward, Wolves were starting to catch us on the break a little bit. Yeah. So I can understand Solskjaer waiting and not trying to make that sub because you don't, want to, you don't want to hold on to a point at home. But there was a chance we could have lost all three. I think the way we are going forward and Wolves are very dangerous on the break. What do you think of the team selection? Because I thought Shaw starting ahead of Williams, really, that was the really surprising one. Yeah, sure for me. And look, I like Luke Shaw. I've said it before. And I, I obviously do like Brennan Williams, but I sort of held off a little bit on a lot of the hype surrounding him. But yeah, in the last couple of weeks, I've completely shifted and said uh, he's our number one left back now. And halfway through the game, I was thinking about that, thinking it's an interesting choice, choosing Shaw. But then thinking, oh, okay, who have we got next week? Thinking he might be resting Brandon Williams for a bigger game. There's no game for him. Seems like another three months. <laughs> it's the 18th of February we're playing, so there was no no reason to rest Brandon Williams. So um, it was a weird choice playing Luke Shaw because Williams number one for me, and I think Williams is number one for um, Solskjaer now. You look when he plays, he plays Luke Shaw sort of in that centre back position sometimes. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is maybe in training he's noticed that Williams looks quite fatigued. I mean, again, putting in a context, it is his first year of yeah, no, look, senior football. Yeah, one hundred percent. In terms of Williams. It's like Greenwood. I want Greenwood to play over James. Yeah. You can't just play Greenwood every week. And the same, you almost put them in different categories, Williams and um, Greenwood. They're the same thing. Okay, which is Greenwood's the flashy one where you look, he's sort of almost a bigger name. He's more famous. He's more, so he's someone who's going to win your game. Win your game. Brandon Williams isn't going to do that. But you have to treat them the same. They're the same players. First season coming through, you can't play them every week. So, in saying that, it's frustrating. I would have played Williams, but. I can't hold it against Solskjaer for pick and Shaw, I don't think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What other teams? Any other? Pereira weaseled his way into the starting lineup again. Um, look, let's not talk about Pereira, right? It's like it's like putting a damn cone out on the on the grass. Let's talk about Fernandez. Um, his positioning in the team. Like, did you agree with that? So it looked like at the start, at least, he was starting in the number ten role. But then he, throughout the game, he's dropped a little deeper. Yeah, he's um, a weird one. That's it. He's all over, not all over the place in a bad way. Um, sort of looking for the ball in certain areas of the pitch. I don't know if he was playing at number ten position or he came searching for the ball in the second half. He's a little bit deeper. Found himself not in wide positions, but a little bit wider at times. I didn't. I don't know if it was so much. I'd have to watch. I'm definitely not going to watch the game again, but I have to watch it again to find out. I don't think it was so much a four-two-three-one. I think it was maybe more of a four-three-three with those those middle three of Fred Pereira and. Um, Obviously, Bruno sort of all interchanging. I don't think there was a des- like a designated number ten. So in terms of his performance, or in terms of his area on the pitch, I'm not really sure where he played. And not, I don't mean that it's criticism. I just think the way the game panned out, I'm not sure, really sure what his jo- what his role was. But in terms of his performance, I thought he's good. But it's, it's almost you almost look for positives in a new signing. I remember when Juan Mata had made his debut against Cardiff. Uh, would have been this time, January in 2014. And um, he had an okay game. He, he was fine. We won two nil, and he made some passes, and he got given man of the match. He was nowhere near man of the match, but you're naturally more excited. Mm. So I think a lot of people will be very happy with Fernandez. 
I'm not saying he was bad. He was fine, but he definitely wasn't mad on that or anything for me. Yeah, I thought he had moments. He, he, he definitely he probably uh, had the best chance of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, Except Delo's chance. Well, yeah, he shot it straight at the keeper, didn't he? But uh, there were moments where some of the passing he was doing, I really, really enjoyed it. It looks like he's got a good uh, range of passing. I think you can tell the quality. He's obviously got quality. You compare when... Yeah. And I, look, I was going to say Pereira, but Pereira's actually quite good on the ball. But I was going to compare Bruno's quality to McTominay. Just the way he's able to get the ball out of his feet was a hell of a lot quicker than McTominay does. Mm. Um, and that's not a criticism. It's not his game. But I think Bruno wasn't fantastic today, but you could definitely see... He's a footballer. He knows what he's doing with the ball at his feet. Yeah, 100%. And I think when McTominay comes back in, I think you'll really start to see... You know what? The, the prospect of... And unfortunately, I feel like it's only going to be for the best part of two to three months, but the prospect of McTominay in a six with Pogba and Fernandez in a midfield three, that does get it does get me a little bit excited. That sounds really promising. That, that, that's the 100%, and it sounds like that to me. Have a McTominay, I don't know. We, we always say, and I say it as well, play McTominay behind everyone, let, let him sit. I don't think that's McTominay's game. I, I think he's, I'm not saying he's great going forward, but I think his game is more natural. He wants to go get forward and drive forward. Or, not, not like Pogba, like, he's obviously a very different player to Pogba, but almost the, the same physical approach to Pogba where he, where he can run into the box. And I think he has popped up with a few goals this year by getting yeah. forward. I don't think his game. And even though I would, yes, I would make him sit there um, behind Pogba and Bruno Fernandez. I don't think it's his game. And if you're gonna, again, it's putting sort of round pegs in square holes. I don't know if it's the right thing to do just because we want him to play. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think it just depends on the game. McTominay is quite fluid. You know, we've seen him. We've seen him play centre half yeah. under Mourinho. Now, who could forget that? He had a shocker. Um, but I think that. Yeah, he's definitely better going forward. The Arsenal game sticks out in my memory. I think that was his best performance of the season. Um, and he scored a goal in that game as well. But I think he can definitely do a job where if you just tell him, look, mate, keep it simple, you can push in bits and drabs, and then you obviously just get one of Pogba or Fernandez to tuck in. Um, like, obviously, don't misquote me on this, Roy Keane did a lot of that in his career. He was the deep-lying midfielder between skulls, and on every occasion he did get forward and he scored goals and... I think McTominay can do that, and obviously against the Arsenal's, Man City's, etc., then yeah, there'll be probably a bit more fluidity to that system, but I just think you could definitely play Matic there, I think, again, rotating in and out, but I think a three-man midfield with Fernandez and Pogba, if you're going to get the most out of this I, I, team... I think that's the thing, with Fernandez and Pogba, or Fernandez and another quality player, whether it's Pogba next year, we're not quite sure... But it's, it's, let's say it's maybe not Wolves Wolves are actually a decent team let's take a step below let's say Aston Villa at home if you're playing McTominay Pogba and Fernandez we're going to dominate the game so much or you assume we're going to dominate a lot McTominay could just naturally get forward from that position more rather yep. than if we're playing against Liverpool and in a three man midfield he'd really be stuck there really sitting so I think if he has that quality ahead of him maybe he's maybe potentially better off sitting deep and then pick and choose and when he goes when he goes forward so um, however that the last time I saw him he's on crutches so I don't know when when he's back Rashford's broken back McTominay's on crutches Pogba is Who knows getting, where? getting taken selfies of his physio table I don't know the latest with him I don't know mate but uh, you're next in line for midfield to be ready um, I'm awaiting the call as always um, before we get into 3-2-1 someone who's definitely not going to get a 3-2-1 your boy Martial oh 
I love the bloke, you know, you know that, you know that very well, but he was really poor. And I thought he was uh, quite bad, um, having a terrible mind blank. Who do we verse midweek? Good question, have a think. Anyway, while you think about that, he was really poor midweek, um, and then, um, Manchester City, how could we forget? City, of course, yes. Um, <laughs> that's how, that's how bad that game was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, against, won. yeah, strangely enough. Uh, in that game, there was moments where you're just like, this guy's got really good touch and his touch just wasn't there, his movement wasn't there. And again, today, it's just... Again, like, watching the game, you're like... He, there was, I can't remember who it was with. It was early in the first half. He's released the ball. I think it was Tamata. And then he started making a run sideways towards the left. And I'm just like, get into the box. You, you're not in a two-striker partnership where you can drift off. You're the sole striker. You need to stay in the box. And I, I get the frustration, but... He just needs to be a bit more intelligent there, and his touch is letting him down, which I never thought I'd say about Martial, you know? He, there was a moment where he did that really nice turn, but then a few moments before that, he had the he had the first touch of Fellaini. I don't know what was going on there. It's a case which we were discussing before, while watching the, watching the match. <coughs> when he does something good up front, you think, okay, yeah, he, he has everything to make it up front. And then he does something bad, you think, oh, maybe maybe striker's not his position, maybe he's better on the left, and then you see him do a nice dribble out on the left, you think, yes, left wing is, is sort of the role for him. Mm. Then he doesn't get in the game for 20 minutes, you think, well, no, put him back through the middle, get him involved in the middle. Just, again, we, we made cases at the start of the season, he's our number nine, play him up front, we both agreed with it. And then a couple of games, think, no, he doesn't do enough, maybe stick him back out on the left. I still just don't know where he plays. He sort of proves me wrong every couple of weeks. He's an enigma, um, and the problem is when there's definitely a chemistry between Rashford and Martial, and again, we did mention this in the last podcast, Rashford did not play well when Martial was out. Uh, I think the frustration with Martial is Rashford runs his ankles into the ground, yeah. whereas Martial, again, it's his demeanor, it's his, his body language, his facial expressions, he just, he looks like he can't be bothered at times, which I don't, I don't think that that's the case, but he obviously... Struggles when things aren't going as well. Uh, it, look, it's not the case. I don't think it's the case as well. However, it might be stupid reasoning <coughs> from fans, but you do need to, when it's not going your way, just run. Just put the effort in. Because if it doesn't go your way and it doesn't look, even though you might be trying or you might be you know, thinking it's like, no, you look, there's different types of work. There's, I, I see one matter. He works a lot in terms of pressing and the way he presses. It's completely different to when Carlos Tevez used to press. Mm. However, one matter is not not trying. It's a different type of effort. Like he's sort of putting it in different areas of the pitch. Yeah. But um, yeah, when Martial doesn't work, well, when it's not falling his way, it it just does look lazy. And the situation the club finds itself in now, the one thing the fans aren't going to accept, even though he might not be lazy, he might. He's trying not to be lazy. It's just when it does look like that, it's just a bad look for the fans. Yeah. Berbatov got slagged off when we were winning premierships, you know? Well, that, that's the thing. We're winning yeah. premierships then. Like, so it's been slagged off was one or two people saying, oh, God, I don't, don't really like him. When you're finishing fifth or sixth in the league and you're losing every second week, I looked at the ladder there. Sheffield United were ahead of us. So when Sheffield United are ahead of you, it's not going to be oh okay oh, I don't really like him it's going to turn to sort of a more yeah. a more toxic or a more personal level of abuse I think he's capable um, if you just think back to the opening game of the season um, and then the Wolves game um, at the Monolu the goals he scored were instinctive striker goals it wasn't the typical finesse that you associate with Martial where he does have the capability of beating a man but 
They were they were great striker goals, uh, particularly the one against Wolves. It was left foot finish, one touch with Rashford. It was that's good a, play. That's the thing. When he does something in, in that middle area of the pitch, you think he's the best striker in the world, or he will be. Yeah. And then next week he goes missing, and you think, God, he's just. I don't know. Maybe he's an enigma. Maybe he's just that one of those players you'll look back and think, oh, what fantastic, but just what could have been. There's a lot of players. I remember. Look, he's a completely different player. I don't want to compare them at all. Completely different styles. Everything about him is different. But just, I remember one of the players I used to love watching was JJ Okocha, which we've just signed in Nigerian as well, in the Gallo, which we'll get to. But JJ Okocha, I used to watch him and think, he has it all. He is unbelievable. And he's playing a Bolton and just in and out, and this and then never quite got going. You see, what went wrong? Like, what could have been? Obviously, he did well at PSG when he was playing in France. But, yeah, Martial just, he has it all. Just... There's something about him, just something holding yeah. him back. What happens between the years is much more important. Yeah. Um, okay, so he, we've decided he definitely isn't getting one of the three two ones, but it's maybe one of the hardest three two ones of the, the it season. It is, yeah. It was just one of those games where quite a few poor performance, and then the rest just kind of lukewarm, right? No, no one really stood out. Um, if you're asking me for three, um, look. I think we both agree it'd be Fred. Um, just simply out of work rate, he covers a lot of ground. I, think, I didn't. wasn't really Fred. I wasn't really watching him too closely. But when yeah. we were watching the match together, you did make a point once or twice, thinking just watch Fred here, like how much ground he's covering. Like sort of, especially when Wolves were on the counter attack. Yeah, he's getting back. He is up and down. Like he is sort of literally in the sort of old fashioned sense, box to box. Like he was involved in everything. So. Not only Fred was fantastic, but and I don't want to sort of credit hard work because it should be, as we said before, it just should be a minimal requirement. Mm. But he was everywhere. So in a, in a game like that, which, as I said at the start of the podcast, wasn't a great watch. However, I think every player from both teams going off that field will have felt like they were in a really tough game. Yeah. Which is a weird one. So yeah, I think Fred for three points, which he'll be climbing up the. I'll have to tally up the ranking soon. He'll be climbing up there, I think. Um, two points, which. Did we say Maguire? Um, it's definitely not Lindelof. We can cancel, oh, mate, cancel Lindelof. Lindelof seriously, I, I said this to you. I think he's a Swedish Phil Jones. Is oh. that fair? He's not as clumsy as Phil Jones, but he's got a moment in him every now and then. It's hard. Look, it's harsh on Lindelof. Um, that I don't want to compare anyone to Phil Jones. However, Phil Jones scored last week. So all right, tell you what. Phil Jones eats the glue that Lindelof buys. <laughs> Did you see the meme? I don't want to get all political and everything, which we're obviously going to touch on a gallo, but it's coronavirus. And you see the meme of, um, what's the cartoon? I forget the cartoon, some kid's cartoon. Of, the character looks like Phil Jones, looks like a cartoon. A cartoon oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah, it's yeah, Phil yeah. Jones' reaction when a gallo coughs at training. <laughs> and Phil Jones, like, just imagine Phil Jones' face, like one of the funny images you see. It was very funny. But um, well, I think Maguire, we, I think we gave him three points against City. Um, yeah, he's continued on. Jimenez is a handful. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, I thought he played well. You he, know, his distribution's definitely gotten better. And last he few weeks. did his best to dislocate Adama Traore's shoulder. Got close to it. Yeah, so I'm maybe we'll see him in the UFC. So um, trying to do that to Traore's shoulder is definitely worth two points on this podcast. Now, one point we'll toss it up between Juan Bissaka and Bruno, and I think, well, Juan Bissaka defensively I thought was fantastic, and then attacking just again yeah. a bit nothing there just, not bad just not good enough mm. so I think 
maybe be friendly and just give it to Bruno because Bruno wasn't bad no he wasn't um, yeah. like I said just moments there um, again in the first half like it was nice watching the game with you I've got to say mate like I quite enjoyed it I felt like you know I, instead of these things that I said in myself I was like hey Tom what do you think well of it was weird watching the match at 11 o'clock in the morning not 11 o'clock at night so um, yeah. we'll have to do one at night when we've had 17 beers each oh love it but, um, um, the first half when we saw he, he put in a really good ball towards Dan James who just didn't pick up on it soon enough but again that comes with new players into your team but yeah definitely showed moments and, and like you said I think he's a really good footballer so let's be generous He's going to be our next uh, CR7, or so we hope. Um, so let's give him the one point. I did like okay, we'll definitely give him the one point. I did like his interview. I think a lot of players, or a lot of players and agents and PR teams, whatever you want to do, cannot give a bad first interview when, when sort of an unveiling. They say, "Oh, it's my dream, etc." And, and everyone's always excited for new signings. So whatever they say, you sort of you really love and you think, "Oh, he's going to be our next blah blah blah." But with him, you did get a bit of a feeling like you sort of mentioned. Obviously, any young Portuguese player would have grown up looking at Ronaldo. So I think he, I'm not saying he's a Man United fan, but I definitely think he generally did look to Man United as some like a potential dream to sort of one day play at a club like that sort of thing. So he definitely would have been watching Cristiano Ronaldo. So I did like his first interview. Again, it's a textbook. You can't go wrong with one of those interviews. That the interviewer sort of lobs little beach balls up for you to hit. Um, very I'd like to see what Di Maria's first interview was like. I think with Di Maria, but you're, yeah, it was a good one, but then you, in the back of your mind, you do get that vibe. You think, ugh, it's very textbook. Yeah. Where this one, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it is just the fan in you, you want to believe it. Um, yeah, we'll go back and watch Di Maria's one. We'll see, <laughs> see if we can pick, uh, pick up on any tells. Um, now, one thing, the biggest thing from this game going into the. Oh, not the obviously, Bruno's debut was big, but. The big talking point was this walkout. Now, we are recording this straight after the game, so we haven't been watching any media, social media reactions or any interviews after the game yet. It looked to me there was absolutely nothing. It looked more packed at the end of the game. Yeah, I think there was but, more movement between you and me to the bathroom during the game than there was at Old Trafford. I've seen that some of the League Cup and FA Cup games, it's empty with like 15 minutes to go. I didn't, I didn't see any case of that. Obviously, in injury time, you saw little, little, little snippets of the red seats. But that's standard. Uh, but nothing to sort of allude that there was this mass walkout. Now that's where the cameras were facing. I don't know. The um, the south stand might have been completely empty. I'm not sure. Um, highly doubtful. But I'd, I'd, I'd love to see the reaction after this. I'm sure we'll both go online and check, and maybe maybe ten thousand people did leave. I'm not sure. But um, it definitely didn't look like it. And while I agree with the walkout, and I agree with everyone's right to protest, and I agree with the the sort of the idea behind the protest. This week, I wasn't happy doing it. The 58... Uh, one, a player's debut. I think it's not, not great for Bruno Fernandes, and it's... Obviously, the club's bigger than Bruno Fernandes. But I didn't agree with doing it on the player's debut, and especially anything in and around topics regarding the 58th minute. I, just, look, I can understand it, and maybe there's a part of me that sort of agreed that that's quite a significant point and would make a real statement. Mm. Just, just you no. don't want to disrespect... Yeah, it, it, just no. it, it might not be disrespectful, but it might be. So I, I'm not sure if it is or not. But because it might be, just don't do it. So I was glad I didn't really see a visible one. But um, your thoughts on it? Look, I think if you want to do it, it needs to be orchestrated properly. It needs to be done ahead of time. Now, now, if there was... A, like, I, I, know, I know we spoke about this. Um, we got the email from Must. They then said, you know, let's do an applause on the 58th with a walkout on the 68th. But it was almost like a questionnaire. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I was like, oh, well, sorry, mate. I don't see a voice box for me to reply to this email by. Um... And I think if you want to do it now with the break, 
there is an opportunity, but again, how do you walk, how do you plan something like you need to convince thousands upon thousands of fans to walk out of Old Trafford? Uh, <clears throat> our next game's at um, Chelsea. Yeah. Do I have that right? Yeah, um, right? After the break, but that's at Stamford God, Bridge. We're, we're either playing Wolves or away at Chelsea. That's all we do now. That's oh. <laughs> all we do. We're away at the Bridge or somewhere against Wolves. Because we're going to get Wolves in the Europa League, though. it's already guaranteed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, until we get knocked out of the round of 32. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> there's time now before our next home game where if you really want to plan it and a bunch of people want to come together, must, um, but, but Red Army, so forth. That's the thing, and 100% right, however, it can't be done. I don't see how, and I don't think anyone... Re- there are little fra- there are little sort of clicks and everything within the mm. fan base, this, this group, that group. They all do have the same goal, though, so I don't think the hatred is anything really significant. It's all very petty. I think everyone could be on the same page. It's, it's not going to happen. It's just, I don't know. The, yeah. the, the demographic, that age of men, it's just, you've got one or two differences. It's just, it's like yeah. schoolboy stuff. No one is ever going to. The only way, and look, this isn't a solution at all. The only way I could think one of those is if you get one or two heads of. Sort of some of the groups within Old Trafford, whether that be Must, whether that be the Red Army, the singing section, maybe Stratford and Flags, get two or three of those people together, put them in with, well, I don't maybe agree with it, put them in with Goldbridge and Flex from the United Stand, put them in with McCullough and Housen from Full Time Devils, put them in with Andy Mitten, put them all in front of a camera and put it all on each platform, put it on United Stand platform, put it on, get a neutral, get, get you and me, we'll fly us over, we'll be the hosts of it. Put it on all the channels. Let United Stand have the content. Let Full Time Devils have the content. Let Andy Mitten put it on his podcast. Let them all put it out just as one. It's not United Stand's video, which they have guests on. It's not Full Time Devils, where they have United Stand as a guest. It's just one video. They can all use it. But if you have the heads... Not the heads. I don't say heads of all those organisations. But, but from all yeah. sides. <clears throat> and then you have... Yeah, one person says, yeah, you've got six or seven different little groups, or quite influential groups, big groups, six or seven who don't like each other, or perceived to not like each other altogether. I'm sure that 90, they agree with 99% of what everyone is saying. Yeah. And if you have, and then that is the only, and that's not going to happen. Obviously, not going to happen. That is the only way I can see some type of ball start rolling. And again, that's not a solution because yeah. it's not going to happen. I would pay to watch Housen and Goldbridge um, go at it. I think that'd be. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's about going at it. I think they'd agree. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. I just, just, I'd really enjoy the encounter between the no, two. No, yeah, it'd be fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have to have a behind-the-scenes footage as well. They did a uh, KSI and um, uh, what was, what was Logan, that? Uh, Logan Paul boxing match. Yeah, I, to be fair, I think Housen would snap Goldbridge um, in about two seconds. Yeah, no. That Sorry, I'm going off topic. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be fair. Um, that match, um, for a number of reasons. Um, okay, on the walk, so the walkout did or didn't happen. I don't think it did. Now, a couple of, cast your mind back. Um, with his office being a football match against Wolves in, in between, but deadline day. We were talking, because deadline day in Sydney, for anyone listening overseas, um, deadline day actually closed at 11 a.m. on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, so on the Friday night, before we, on Friday night, we were texting each other. It looked like it was going to be Josh King. Um, I didn't fully agree with it but I didn't mind it um, but, but that was short lived only lasted a couple of hours I think United wanted look who knows from, from my viewing of it United wanted a loan Bournemouth wanted to sell and the price was quite hefty 40 million pounds for Josh King yeah, yeah. Think, you're, think you're taking the price okay so <clears throat> Adina Gallo no not from Watford but we all remember him sorry most of us remember him from Watford I remember under Louis Van Hal um, well 
it was the January transfer window before Van Hal got sacked. He was very, very hotly linked with him. And if we we're going to bring in a striker, then it was going to be a Galo. And he was in fine form for Watford. And I remember at the time, this is look early 2016, I was fully behind. I thought, look, he's not fantastic, but in terms of bringing a body in and a striker, his quality, he's going to almost guarantee goals. Yeah. Didn't happen for whatever. I think United knew that Mourinho was coming in. They weren't going to, I don't think we signed anyone that window. No. Yeah, I think they knew Van Hal was leaving. Um, so we obviously didn't back him in the transfer window. Agalo has then gone on. I haven't, I, to be honest, I haven't seen him play since. He's gone off to... I don't know if he went anywhere in between, but obviously went off to China. Um, I think he was the top scorer in the last African Cup. If that's anything to crow about. It was above Salah or above Mane. But we have signed him on loan now. Everyone loves to break down these loan deals now. Obligation to buy or option to buy. It looks like it's an option to... Who knows? Yep. It looks like there's an option to buy, not an obligation. I think that's perfect. I think, look, yes, you could have got a better player than Agala, no doubt. And it was a panic, 100% it was panic, 100% it was desperation. However, when you are desperate and you are panicking for a lone striker and the best strikers aren't available, I'm not angry at Agala coming in. Yeah, let's talk about who's available. Can you name many? Cavani, who has handed in a transfer request but PSG were open and saying we're not letting him go this transfer window unless it's for an obscene amount of money and it looks like he's going to Atletico anyway um, Timo Werner the, the one that's been going around but again I don't see... You're not going to get him in January Exactly, uh, who else was there? Zlatan's 38 years old he's gone AC Milan with there's no one I think there was right? and one I definitely would not have taken and people have made cases for which I, I can understand their opinion but I disagree with it I would have hated it and not just because of the clubs he's been at but Giroud was no, no, he, oh, he, he, look, he wasn't linked at all he, yeah. I don't think United had any interest at all but, <coughs> but everyone was saying oh should have got Giroud ahead of a gala I don't think so I think look the last time I saw a gala play was a couple of three years ago three, almost four years ago now um He's quite a good player. Not fantastic, but in terms of the attributes he has. Mm. So, like, well, Giroud is very... What you see is what you get. He's very target man, very... Yeah. Just very, target very, man without scoring goals. <laughs> very static sort of thing. Where Agalo is very mobile. He, he does all the right things, maybe not to the highest level, but he, he does he does everything. He can hold the ball, he can get him behind, he can, he's fast, he's powerful. Obviously not to the best level, but yeah. um, he, he's got it all. Yeah, he can beat him in. Where um, I thought if we bought Giroud, I thought... Oh. Don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't see what he offers when it doesn't go well. They're almost like, it, completely different to Martial, but that type of context where would have kept Fellaini. Yeah, oh God, how much we can do with Fellaini now, Christ. Um, but we have signed Agallo on loan, which we both said there. We don't I hate now. One of the things he goes on gets us in top four, wins us the Europa League and FA Cup, and scores twenty five goals. Do you option to buy? He's 30, he's turning 31. Well, I don't think he's going to score yeah. 25 goals, but I take okay, your point. Okay, let, let, let's say he scores 10 goals and we win a trophy and he's had a good impact. Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm open to it. Like, he's 30 years old. Like, that's yeah, a, but for people... Have, I, most I, football fans, right? Oh, you're 30. You must be in a wheelchair within well, a couple of weeks. That's the thing. I get pissed off because I'm 31 and I think... I still feel young enough to play. Like, obviously not fit enough now, but I think if I can get myself in shape, I'll be well, yeah. well enough. My body's not too bad. But someone... if. The, Again, I don't want to bring him into it, but Goldbridge again. If you're over 26, don't give him a contract. Well, way too old. You have to be looking at the future. You have 17, 17 or 18 year olds. They're the only ones you have to be give big contracts to. 26, yeah. past them. Also, the thing with um, and you know what, a lot of um, the the African players, they've got this attribute about them. they're very because they're so physical and they're yeah. good fitness naturally. Um, I know it's 
No, but case in point, Drogba uh, in in his early 30s was dominating for Chelsea. Um, They've got like the genetic ability. A lot of them are very powerful, and especially someone like Agallo, a very powerful player. Um, Like even if he's lost a bit, like let's say worst case, he's lost a pinch of pace. He'll do the job that we're we're lacking at the moment. He'll be able to hold the ball up. It will give us some flexibility, allow us to possibly move Martial to the left or play a two-striker system where, again, you can free up Mason Greenwood a little bit, who I feel has been unfairly put under so much pressure. Um, I think it's a good signing. I really do. We've really got nothing to lose. Like It's a short-term loan deal. He'll either take his opportunity. He's a boyhood United fan, and I love seeing that photo of him um, as a young cho- a young boy. Well, I remember, I think that's my, maybe why I took, took to him when we were linked in the January of 2016, because... Mm-hmm. I think we obviously needed a striker. Van Hal needed some um, an extra option up there, but the stories did come through, and I think he, w- he was actually quoted in terms of his support of United um, as a boy. And I think that's maybe why I took an interest in seeing what he was like back then. And um, look, that's not a, they should sign us if they want to sign a fan. Uh, it's no reason to sign a player, but it does give you just that little bit of you know, just something to hang on to. If it doesn't go well, you well, you know he's going to give his all. And, exactly. Yeah. Um, look, again, that's not enough, but. In the situation we're in, it's something. It's something to hang on to. Do you think he? Okay, so we've got an next games against Chelsea. Do you think he comes in up front, or do you play a two-striker system? Me personally, I'd start yeah, him and yeah, move well, Martial. Yeah, I think you'd have to just not take pressure off Martial, but just just put him on the left. Hopefully, he does something out there. Because yeah. um, look, if he's there playing uh, until he does something where you think, okay, maybe he's a bench option, then put him on the bench. He hasn't done anything wrong now, so give him a chance. Mm. Bruno Fernandes did nothing in the United shirt. Put him in there because he can do something. Agala, you're not signing someone with a broken leg or a broken back in Rashford. He's fit. Put him in there. Give him a chance. See what, if he doesn't take it, let's see what we can do. But give him a chance. Um, especially Chelsea. You can get at Chelsea's back four. Um, but they just had a two-all draw against Leicester. So the unoccupied as centre-backs where Martial maybe isn't the best at occupying centre-backs when um, it's not going his way put Martial out on the left I don't know who plays right for I think it's the, one of the young kids playing out there for Chelsea so Christensen? Uh, no he's, Christian. A, he's a left back isn't maybe, he? I think maybe Rhys James maybe playing out there but um who it is Marshall can trip can rinse so um yeah no we'll definitely look look first of all let's hope he gets through quarantine he's not actually in Manchester yet so we'll see what the hey latest man, that's one way to get rid of Pereira it's not about getting rid of Pereira. Did you see those memes? And look, look, let's have a little bit of a joke about it. But I'm starting to see, let's see how it can be done in terms of getting Algarlo in, getting the Premier League called off with his coronavirus and stopping Liverpool winning well, the I league. I sent him to Anfield. I love it. Oh, no, just get the Premier League called off. Just suspend football. Because there's suspended football in China. Just suspend it in England. Just have him go around all the training grounds coughing. Yeah. And um, Liverpool don't win the league. Or, or, or they'll, like, they'll give them like a title out of generosity oh you're going to win it but it won't quite be the same so um, I'll definitely take that Agalo if you're listening please get to Anfield and start coughing or World War 3 whatever's easier to happen I'll take, I'll take World War 3 so I don't have to see it so I don't have to see Liverpool win it um, well just on Bruno and Igalo, we'll discuss we'll put on Facebook just one or two people's thoughts on the transfer window as a whole and definitely the two signings um, Robert said he's ecstatic about Bruno. Can't wait till we have a forfeit team, which I think we both mentioned there in terms of that midfield. It was great seeing Bruno there today, but you do want that extra little bit of quality around him. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Agalo was unexpected, but has played and scored goals in the Premier League. Gives us a plan B target man. Desperate signing, but good payoff, which we both fully agree with. Mm-hmm. 
Pete on Facebook. I'm, op- I'm optimistic that Igalo could provide strength and pace and be an op- alternative option to ensure Greenwood isn't thrown into the deep end and relied upon while Rashford is out. What do we have to lose? And he sounds like he's someone who really appreciate playing for United, which we both mentioned. Bruno will hit his stride next season, but I think we're going to see patches of his quality frothing for when we can get McTominay, Pogba and Fernandez in midfield together. It's like they both previously listened to the podcast, which we both mentioned. <laughs> um, Duane also said, just happy that we would now have someone in the box comes down to how much we create for him, which I think, yeah, I thought when we got into one or two wide areas today, I thought, they're not going to cross the ball to Martial. So James and Juan Bissaka sometimes wanted to cross and think, well, what's the point of crossing? So hopefully Gallo gives us that. Yeah. But he also went on to say, but at least we have some competition for Martial and I think he's too loose and needs to step up big time, which we obviously both just mentioned on Martial. Um, so look, at least the window is closed now. It gives us time to actually focus on the football rather than who we're going to sign and not sign. Most 13-year-old mm. uh, fans would be really upset by that comment, mate. That's all they live for, the transfers. That's what I think. Look, this is, an, this is not a United, St- United Stand podcast bashing episode. However, I think he gets more joy. The United Stand, they get more joy out of a signing or a manager sacking or a manager arrival than an actual game. Like You see some of the reactions. I remember when Rooney scored that equaliser away at Stoke to break the goal-scoring record. His reaction was, yay, we scored. Well, any other fans like taking their shirt off and throwing everything around the room, but when we make a sign in, they're jumping off up and down the room. So, yeah, you're probably not wrong. But about brings to an end. Actually, quite a long po- podcast this one for only a, a one match and a little bit of a transfer review. Um, it was weird watching the match together. We should do it more often. Mate, I'm always down for that. Well, when the clocks change, the kickoff times, as I said, if you're listening, this game was 4.30 on a Sunday morning. Absolutely not ideal. But um, as bad as it was, it wasn't a bad watch. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Now stay tuned for... We will release a podcast on the 6th of February, obviously, looking at Munich. And I'm not so much going to look at like, the actual incident and maybe the players who passed. We'll obviously touch on that. But we'll look at really sort of the rebuild and not not compare it's obviously a different time but we're going to compare sort of obviously obviously we haven't lost a team now but what a rebuild now would look like compared to what Samat Busby his rebuild looked like when he obviously had no players had no team and how he turned that team into European champions 10 years later and sort of obviously that's not going to happen these days but how you could maybe draw a comparison and what could be done should be done etc and maybe just celebrate how good of a job he and the club did. So hopefully you enjoy that podcast. We'll put that out on the 6th um, of February, which is only a few days away. So um, hopefully you enjoy that. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast, even though it was talking about a nil-nil thriller at Old Trafford. (laughs) So um, again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for that Munich podcast. Cheers. Cheers.